Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stefan Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. It is Thursday, which means it is time for another happy hour. As always with these, drink responsibly um, if you choose to do so. For today's drink, it uh, has coffee in it, and I'm breaking my two cups rule. So you were going to say one of the cups for this episode. I was, but then I did it. <laughs> <laughs> you do and then you. I did it. That's fair. You do what you need to. I think it'll be okay. So well, today we're talking about cinnamon rolls again, which you can go and find. I believe it was my very first happy hour I did. It was about cinnamon rolls, the trope, um, where we discussed this drink. But Samantha, do you want to describe kind of the yeah. basics? Yes, I think we've described it before, but essentially it is coffee and you get chocolate syrup or hot chocolate powder, however you want to do it. Mix it in that hot coffee, add a little dash of cinnamon. So the cinnamon roll part. And then you can use either creamer, Bailey's or not, and add that into there. A little bit of whiskey, if you desire, to add a little more punch to it. Whipped cream on top, a little more uh, cinnamon. And there you Mm -hmm. have any cinnamon roll. Yes. And I am drinking mine out of the cinnamon roll mug Samantha made me, which I adore. I want to take it with me everywhere, but I'm also very afraid it will break. So (laughs) Yeah. Also, it's 15 ounces. So... It's not your regular. <laughs> oh, is that coffee more cup. or less? <laughs> yeah, that's more. Oh, your wow. coffee cup. I'm going to have a good day then. Right. So I'm like, not only did you add a little more than your typical, mm-hmm. so the three and then some. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. I'll be fine. You'll be fine. Yes, I do want to say when I was checking out, one of the women asked me what the whipped cream was for. And I said, you know, it's just I'd like to put it on coffee. And... She acted like I was a genius and was so excited to try it. And I was like, oh, yeah, put it on top of coffee, a little cinnamon. And she was like, oh. Wait. <laughs> Has she never gone to that Starbucks over there? They always put cream on coffee. I'm confused. I think they were just being nice, Samantha. Oh. Also, why she was asking you about whipped cream, what if it was super personal and be like, I have a date? She just said that. Oh. It's a activity. I have a friend that- coming over. That's all you say. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't looking to mess with the kind women checking me out. <laughs> but I see where your head goes. <laughs> I'm just saying, mm-hmm. that's such a weird question. To, I guess maybe they're just being nice, but like, still, you're like, why? You never know what you're going to get with things like a whipped cream. Mm-hmm. That's true. She thought it was pie. So, oh. you know, pretty innocent, innocent. Um, <laughs> speaking of innocent, <laughs> what we're talking about today is we're revisiting the idea of cinnamon rolls again because I've been thinking a lot about this, this topic, because obviously I love cinnamon rolls, which is the trope, which is essentially someone who's really innocent, who's really sweet, really bright, like a light, a damn sweetheart, as I like to say. And I also like reading terribly sad things about them and also writing terribly sad things happening to them. And I keep finding myself shouting, um, you can be happy, cinnamon roll. Let yourself be happy. (laughs) And once again, I find that uh, that says something about my self-trauma and self-esteem, and particularly in this case, happiness. And Samantha knows, like you, along with a bunch of my other friends, have been getting my fan fiction updates. And this one in particular, where it's just like wrecking me so sad. And And the author, it sounds like. (laughs) 
<laughs> yes. And I recently had one update where the author was like, I'm going to split this chapter in half because it's so sad and you're going to want to take a break in the middle. And I was like, dang. <laughs> True. Correct. But I, I've been thinking about this whole idea for me when a lot of times in these stories and when I write them, and I think when I would describe them to you, you'd probably think that doesn't sound as sad as what you've been making it out to be because it is really, really sad. But it's not like the level of crying I have done. And I think part of that is it's something I really connect to where the cinnamon roll doesn't feel like they deserve happiness or that they are worthy of happiness. And there's something about that level of insecurity and low self-esteem that I just connect to really strongly and I find absolutely heartbreaking. And I, I think there is like a level two of selflessness. Like it's selfish to think of your own happiness. And we've talked about how that's often weaponized against women in particular, and especially when it comes to raising children. But that's something that comes up in a lot of these two of like a key trait of the cinnamon roll is they are selfless. But then when they do want something for themselves, when I want them, like you can be happy. They think that that's bad or wrong and they don't deserve it. And they'll feel guilty about being happy about like staying in one place and allowing themselves to have happiness. And this is my favorite kind of tragedy, even though it makes me so sad, is when you could be happy, but you get in your own way or you believe you don't deserve it. And even though people are trying to build you up and support you and giving you all these options, you don't choose them because you don't think you deserve it. And that's the fan fiction that I've written that I've talked about. My quarantine baby is 500 plus pages. That's essentially how it ends. It's like this really tragic deciding that it would be better for yourself to suffer for like ever essentially to help other people as opposed to letting yourself be happy. <laughs> but yeah, and, and this whole idea of like people feeling like people are better off without you, that you want to shrink and not bother anybody. I've talked about that's how I have operated and I've like almost lost friendships over it because people have misinterpreted it. And also it can be very selfish because you're not thinking about what the other person wants or you don't believe them when they say that they want to hang out with you or that they want you in your lives. It can be hard. Like we talked about that a lot too for, for any marginalized person. It can be hard to tell yourself that you have self-worth when there's so many things <laughs> telling you that you have no value. And also like... This whole idea of can you be happy alone? And if, if you are, what does that say? And feeling like you need someone to validate you and your happiness, your existence, your legitimacy. Like, that's not good either. <laughs> but it, I just find it interesting that that's what I've been connecting to so strongly. And I feel like I'm almost on a precipice of it. I feel like, I, like I'm at a part of healing because I do... I want this fictional person to be happy. And I think that, like we talked about in the original Cinnamon Roll one, that's one of the things I think, for me at least, the connection to trauma is this fictional person is much easier in a lot of ways to connect to and to feel bad for, to feel like it's not their fault or X, Y, like this strong 
person went through this. And it wasn't, I don't think it's their fault. Then it wasn't my fault either. And so like me shouting at my computer, let yourself be happy, Cinnamon Roll, you can be happy. It does feel like a step. I've made a step. I think you have. <laughs> you think? I think it's funny because perhaps this is just like owning your own self and having a moment of self-reflection of being able to root for that. Mm-hmm. When before you were just like, this is desolate, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's that's the saddest part for me of a lot of this is that being as a reader or as as a writer in some case, like it's cruel, but it's almost like you think you could be happy. Well, you're not going to be happy in the end. <laughs> yeah. Which is terrible. But that is like my favorite type of tragedy, which I know is weird to have a favorite type, but that is. <laughs> but yeah, the, and there's this kind of whole idea of being afraid of your own happiness and letting yourself be happy. We've talked about the comparison game. And I feel like, especially over the past few years that have been so tough and dark, it is, it is hard. It, it feels wrong to be happy right. or to let yourself be happy. Right. There's definitely guilt and being like, oh, everything is okay. Uh, I think we've talked about this before where my friends were all in upheaval and then I'm okay. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel natural. Right. Because A, I'm typically the one in crisis or B, being okay when everybody else is down mm-hmm. doesn't feel like I'm being supportive. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's an odd aspect of human nature. It makes sense, especially when you're an empathetic person, that feeling happy or feeling okay when other people aren't does somehow feel like selfish or guilty or wrong when it shouldn't, especially if you're you're helping and supporting in ways that you can. But yeah, that's <laughs> that I feel it's something I still struggle with and I'll almost like, if I catch myself feeling happy, I'll come up with reasons not to be happy sometimes or or just feel like an extreme amount of guilt about it. And especially because I do live alone and I'll just get in my head about like, oh, what does any of my existence even mean? <sighs> um it feels weird. Something else that we've discussed before is especially, I can't speak for other cultures, but especially in the United States, I feel like there is an air of like being happy. I don't know how to word it exactly, but it's, you should always be striving for more. Like you're never going to be happy with what you have. You should always be pushing for more. And if you're happy, that's almost like a weak thing, like a weakness. Like we... We kind of have glorified pain and suffering or working or always being stressed in an odd way, like kind of going back to that whole workaholic thing or never taking a vacation here in the U.S. It's like we've turned happiness into or admitting you need these spaces to be happy into a weak thing. (laughs) Right. Contentment is not okay. That means you've Mm -hmm. given up. Yeah, exactly. And you can't really talk about it 
or or if you do, usually it's in terms of like something you've accomplished, which is absolutely something to be happy about and be pleased with. But I feel like that's sort of the one area. And even then, sometimes people will be like, well, she's bragging or X, Y, Z. Shouldn't have been talking about this. And, oh gosh, it's like, <laughs> happiness shouldn't be so complicated, but it is in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's also, the, there's a difference between happiness and contentment and uh, faking it. Yeah. And or trying to outdo someone and outshine yep. someone. There's always that too, that level of also reading the room. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> that yes. is very important. That is absolutely true. <laughs> very good point. Very, very good point. And like I think again, during our really like time of being just massive upheaval where we're all more connected than ever that can be harder than ever as well. Because I'll just get my head about, like, I feel like I can't post anything on social media because there's so much suffering. Which, again, there is a difference between, like, reading the room and just shutting down completely. (laughs) Right, right. But, yeah, that's definitely important to this whole thing. And also, you know, happiness looks different for different people. and, And finding out what that means to you can just be a whole... Thing. And especially, you know, as I've gone through, like, how do I identify sexually? And what does, like, my being being happy in a relationship or not being in a relationship looks like? And all of that stuff. I've been thinking about it. And you can't be happy all the time, of course. But it's it's this idea that I've, I've been, like, too afraid to even let myself believe that's an option to be happy. and And then the idea that maybe I could be, but I'm just too afraid to do it or too afraid to fight for it or whatever it is. And I'm making it sound like I'm miserable all the time, but this is kind of what has been going through my head as I'm like reading these stories and connecting with them so hard and trying to figure out why I'm connecting with them so hard and why this is what I write is that the people that I write consistently don't let themselves be happy and don't choose happiness. And so I've just been trying to work through why that is and why that does resonate with me so much and I think I think that's good to think about and I think a lot of people have been thinking about what happiness really means to them instead of like what they think it should be what they think it should look like and obviously again with the whole cinnamon roll trope I personally do think a lot of trauma is involved in that whole thing (laughs) and the idea is almost like they they go through all this stuff and yet they are still this, you know, beautiful, bright, happy, whatever, whatever, whatever. But this is the one area where they can't, the trauma shines, is that they have low self-worth. They can't be, they can't allow themselves to be quote-unquote selfish or to choose something for them that they want that would make them happy. Because they think they don't deserve it because they haven't done enough or whatever it is. (sighs) Anyway. (laughs) No, I mean, it could be... I mean, not necessarily about you, but for a lot of people, it could be also the difference in seeing themselves in a more dramatic manner than it is the reality. And so this was like, yes, this is me, even though it's really not you, but it could <laughs> be had you been in this fantasy life. But also being that if you have a sadder, more disposition, that mm-hmm. if you want to be a main character, this would be the main character that you see yourself being. So there's mm-hmm. a whole lot of reflection on that. Also to note... For those of you who go into friendships and relationships 
who for the most part feel guilty about being happy, mm-hmm. there could be something to be said about the relationships you're having in that True. if they're not celebrating with you, there's something wrong. There's there's a thing to be able to, yes, commiserate together, but they should be able to celebrate with you as well. So there should be an even stead. Even with the worst parts of your day, you should be able to celebrate something. There's something yes. to be said to have someone in your corner who sees mm-hmm. you and backs you and is able to encourage you even in the worst parts of the day. So there's a lot to every that everything to that. And if you only have friendships that only make you feel guilty for mm-hmm. being happy, there's something wrong with that friendship. Yes. Just to put that out there. For sure. And I think, I mean, most of what I'm talking about is more what I the whole you are not allowed like the person in the relationship right. is like let me help you and you're like no because right. I don't deserve it right but yes also if you do make that space and the other person is making you feel guilty then yeah that's a different thing <laughs> not healthy I mean neither one is good right like right you need to figure out why that is and I think I think more of that on social media where it's constantly how dare you yeah and <laughs> that becomes a toxic level of like but it's nice it's okay to have a moment of niceness, whether it's you got to sit by yourself. And sure, yeah, we don't necessarily need the Kim Kardashian renting out an island during pandemic and be like, look at how happy I am. We, we don't, that, that's not reading the room. That's a right. whole different level. <laughs> yeah. But saying I'm with someone and we're happy and we're content baking a bread, that's not a bad thing. Right. Yes. Yes. I mean... Find happiness where you can that doesn't hurt other people and is healthy. Absolutely. But as Samantha knows, we're about to embark on a tragedy (laughs) comfort weekend. Here we go. (laughs) This is like my favorite, my favorite thing, obviously in the fiction realm, not in the real world. But I have been telling people about it and they're like, what? (laughs) What are you doing? Basically, we're going to watch a bunch of sad things and eat a lot of soup. So we're going to be sad and then comforted. Lots of soup, people. I love soup, so I'm very excited. (laughs) Well, listeners, as always, we would love to hear from you. Cheers. Cheers. Happy, happy hour. If you would like to email us, you can. Our email is stephanieandmomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram at stuff I've never told you. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina. Thank you. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I've never told you is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. <laughs> 